welcome to Wexcast, the twice-monthly podcast brought to you by Waterstones Exeter. So first things first, I apologise for my uh, slight Phoebe Buffet-style voice yet again. I've got another cold, apparently I don't have an immune system anymore, so I've got another cold. Uh, So sorry about that, guys, but uh, you get the dulcet version of my voice today, you lucky, lucky things. Now, today's podcast... Um, it's the mid-month catch-up, of course, so I will have the usual catch-up with a few booksellers. So in this episode, I talk to Andy, Annabelle, Katie and Tracy about what they're reading. And Tracy and I also have a little catch-up about the Man Booker shortlist after our discussion a little while ago about the long list. And Tracy also shares with us uh, some of the children's books that are coming out in the autumn that she's quite excited about. So a bit of an autumn preview for children's fiction uh, for you as well. And then we've got something a little bit different on the podcast, but I'll uh, I'll talk about that when we get to it. So before we crack on with the main podcast, let's run through a couple of little bits of admin, as usual. The first thing that I want to remind you guys of is our Philip Pullman book group. The second book group is happening on Thursday the 21st of September at 6pm at our Roman Gate store. Now, this week we will of course be discussing The Subtle Knife, book two of his Dark Materials, in preparation for The Book of Dust, which is released on the 19th of October. So the first Pullman book group that we had nearly three weeks ago now, uh, when we discussed Northern Lights, it was a really lovely evening, lovely to hear from so many people who've got such a connection with Northern Lights, whether they've read it hundreds of times, or if this is the first time they've read it, it was wonderful to sit and have a chat with them. So we're hoping that many of those people will be back, and we would love to have some more of you along as well. There will be cake, there will be drinks, there will be, not alcoholic drinks, sorry guys, but there will be drinks, squash, water, that kind of thing, and we'll have some lovely cakes and pastries for you as well, and we'll all just sit and have a lovely time talking about the subtle knife. I'm about halfway through as this goes live, so I've still got time to finish it before Thursday, so if you do fancy coming along, just pop along in store at six o'clock on Thursday evening. We will be there to let you in and come and have a lovely evening with us. It will also put you in with the chance of winning a copy of The Book of Dust. So it'll be a fun evening, so do come along. Then speaking of book groups, the 5th of October, Thursday the 5th of October, not as long away as you would think now. Uh, the next book group will be discussing My Name is Lucy Barton by Elizabeth Strout. Now just to let you know that we have had to change the venue due to all the refit stuff, which I'll update you on in a moment. So we will be holding that book group at the Exeter High Street branch of Waterstones. So that's at 6.30pm on Thursday the 5th of October. If anything changes again we will of course keep you updated in store or by social media. If you fancy coming along to that just come in store and buy a copy of the book, ask us for some more details and uh, well there's really all the details you need just come along half past six at the Exeter High Street store on Thursday the 5th of October if you want to come and have a chat about My Name is Lucy Barton by Elizabeth Strout. Now a little bit of an update on the refit which of course the lovely Helen told us all about a couple of weeks ago. Now things have been a little bit delayed, as is often inevitable with this kind of project. It is quite a large-scale project, so things have been a little bit delayed, but things will be kicking off, as far as we know, within the next week or so. Of course, we will keep you updated via social media, in store, but you will start noticing things um, as soon as things start happening, so keep an eye out for that. But that is really all the refit update I've got for you. The lift has been ordered, guys. There's a lift. It's on its way. Or it's being made. I'm not really sure how these things work. But a lift has been ordered. A customer lift will be in the store sometime. So that is as much information as I've got regarding the refit. Sorry that there's not more information there, but as soon as we have it, we will let you know, of course. Now, what I do want to let you know about quickly, before we get cracking, I promise I won't keep you much longer, is a bit of our scheduling for the next uh, month or so of podcasts. So because we are heading towards that season of festivity that we sometimes call Christmas, if we can bring ourselves to say it. There, I've said it, okay? It's still September, but, you know, it's coming, guys. As we're heading towards that festive season, um, the releases, of course, will ramp up. There are going to be a lot more books coming out. So the Books of the Month episode that we have been doing, where we talk about our Books of the Month and then run through the releases, we're going to change things up slightly. So the next episode that we do for October, we'll be discussing the October Books of the Month, but then it's going to focus on Super Thursday. Now, Super Thursday this year is on the 5th of October, and essentially, it's the day when all the publishers release all their books in one go. So there are about 500 or so hardbacks all being released on the 5th of October. Obviously, we're not going to go through all 500 of them, because otherwise that would take us all year. But the first uh, podcast episode of October, we'll talk about our four books of the month, and super thursday then midway through the month the mid-month episode won't be the sort of usual mid-month catch-up with our booksellers 
but we're going to do a bit of a children's preview heading into Christmas. So I'm going to sit down with Tracy and Dave, who are sort of expert children's booksellers in Exeter, and we're going to have a chat about the most exciting children's books coming up for Christmas that everyone is really excited about. And we will also discuss Mini Super Thursday, which is happening on the 19th of October, which is, of course, the day that The Book of Dust comes out by Philip Pullman, and there are a whole host of other releases on that day as well. Not quite as many as 500, but quite a few as well. So that's the horizons for October. I'm already warning all my fellow booksellers that before the year is out, uh, we either midway through November or at the beginning of December, we haven't figured it out yet, but I will be getting our booksellers to do a bookseller books of the year podcast episode. So I will go around and find out from each of our booksellers their book of the year. I'm warning them now because if any of them are anything like me, they will prevaricate as to their list until then and be struggling to narrow down their favourite. So that's enough waffle from me for now. On with the show. So I'm joined by Annabelle again. Hey Annabelle. Hello. How you doing, dude? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very well. Good. What have you been reading? Um, so I finished off Naomi Novik's Uprooted. <gasps> the past couple of days I finished it, mm-hmm. um, which was really, really good. The ending wasn't... It was one of those books, you know, when you get really, really into it and you love the world and you love um, everything about it and it was really exciting. It's definitely my kind of book. But um, it got to the last couple of chapters and I really wanted to just rush it to get to the end. Right. I almost did the forbidden thing that I would never, ever do and read the last page. <gasps> I didn't. Okay. But... You almost I, I was very close. Okay. Katie does that. Did you know that? Katie Swain no. <gasps> always reads the last. Our last books yeah. Podcast? Oh. Always reads the last page before she starts reading it. Yeah, I love I that. Good about that now. That's quite crazy, isn't it? Mm. Living on the Living something on the side. <laughs> yeah. Living on the dark side of <laughs> yeah, <reading>. the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really good. She's great, and I'm. Qu- I'd, I'd quite like to buy another one of her books. Mm. Uh, she does. She's got this really big series. Um, about I can't remember what it's called exactly but it's sort of like a dragon world and I think it's it follows the life of maybe a sailor or something but there's dragons and things in and it's quite a big series so I think I'll definitely read another one of her books Mm -hmm. um but it was really good um a girl sort of I talked about it last time woods Mm -hmm. magic bit of cool stuff going on bit of cool stuff going on my brain stopped working The other one I've just started reading is um, Coraline and Other Stories by Neil Gaiman. Um, I didn't ever watch the film, which I'm really glad because I'm really loving the book. I've only just started it. Neil Gaiman writes this really lovely introduction about um, why he wrote Coraline in the first place and about how he feels about children's sort of scary books and how that he started writing it um, for his youngest daughter. No, his young daughter. And then he finished writing it for his youngest daughter. So he's got two. Holly and something else. Anyway, it's a really, really lovely little introduction about how um, there aren't any sort of scary stories for younger kids. And because I think there was, especially when um, his daughters were young, there was a big thing about sort of um, whether or not it was okay for kids to read things that sort of would scare them a little bit. And But he was saying that... I don't know how intelligent this is coming out, by the way, because my brain's a little bit dead. Anyway, he, what he was saying was that um, books are meant to make you feel things. So whether or not that's sadness or happiness or laugh, you know, funny. Um, but another one is to make you feel a bit scared. Mm, a bit and Yeah. And um, if a book is doing one of those things, it's I think it's doing what it's meant to do, yeah. you know? Um, and he was saying that there aren't enough sort of ghost stories slash sort of... Creepy tales. Creepy tales for that sort of age. And that's what he's done. And it is quite creepy um, at the moment. I don't know what the film's like, um, but I'm really enjoying it. And it's again, it's sort of got that magical kind of eerie thing going Mm -hmm. on. And but also really easy to read. And yeah, I really, really like it. I think once I've finished the book, yeah, I will. And it's not a very long story. Um, Yeah, I will. I've probably bought more than I've read lately. I've bought a lot. (laughs) Of things. You're doing a Livy. I am doing a Livy. Yeah. Um, so I've bought, uh, for some reason, I've kind of gone on a massive fairy tale binge. So I mm-hmm. bought um, Tangleweed and Brine. Which looks gorgeous. Yeah, which is a new. Um, it's like feminist retellings. Feminist retellings of classical fairy tales. Fairy tales. Um, so Cinderella and all. It, it draws on quite a few 
sort of Disney tales as well and things like that. But that's re- so that's really really lovely. And then I got Angela Carter's fairy tales. I noticed that yesterday. Yeah, it's really nice. Excellent. You want a love fairy a fairy tale? Binge? Yeah, I am. Fairy tale and short tales, short, short stories. If anyone's got any recommendations. Mm. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Annabelle, and we'll catch thank up you. with you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Okay, so I'm joined by Andy again. Hey, Andy. Hi, Liv. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So what have you been reading? What do you want to tell us about? So I've got a couple for you this month. Um, Two very different books. First one that I've read uh, came out earlier this year in paperback. It's What Belongs to You by Garth Greenwell. There is a lot of stuff around this book that I read. Very successful. It won the debut book of the year at the British Book Awards 2017. Originally, uh, this book here, What Belongs to You, is in three parts. Part one, which is called Mitko, um, did actually win a short story award. It won the 2010 Miami University Press Novella Prize. So that was for part one. Uh, Greenwell then added parts two and three to make it into a short novel. Yeah, it's a really, really good book. It's, um, it's based in South America. It's about a teacher there, um, a gay teacher who has a relationship with a male prostitute. Right. Um, it's Part one is all about how they meet, and it's a very intense, obsessive relationship on behalf of the teacher. He knows he's being used by this guy, but he becomes completely obsessed with him. And the whole way the book is written, it's very much, there's no no paragraphs in it. It's all... It's not all as one sentence as I know there's one book you love, yeah. which is like that. Yeah, Wh- which one's that? <laughs> That's it, yeah. But the whole book is just um, told in three massive chunks. And right. so it's written in a very obsessive, expressive way. So it really flatters the story. It's really good. I haven't read one quite like this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Part two then goes back to the teacher's past. Um, he had a very fraught relationship with his dad. It goes to his sort of coming out story and the tensions that he's had with his dad, who's now dying in present time. And he's trying to come round to seeing his dad as a sympathetic character, but he can't quite get over the fraught relationship they've had in the past based against his sexuality. Right. And then part three comes back to the present and um, it's two years later and the teacher meets up with the hustler guy again who he's avoided for two years and it's a very different relationship they have then he now has the power whereas the hustler had it in the first part I won't say any more because it will sort of give away what happens but yeah really very well written I can see especially part one sort of really stands alone um, I don't think I would have realised if I hadn't read up on it that parts two and three were added to make it a novel. I was going to say, is it quite sort of symbiotic and organic the way the, the parts are weaved together? Yeah, I, I think so. It, it it took me a little bit of part two to adjust to the fact we've gone back in time and obviously we're following this guy, but it's almost like a completely different story because you've got his backstory and it's all about, as I said, the mm-hmm. family relations. So, But then I got very engrossed in it and it does just expand the lead character's dynamic I suppose. And I suppose that's true of any novel that would make a time jump anyway regardless of whether it's yeah, written it, in one go or not. Exactly one. but I think maybe looking at it in hindsight is maybe because the first part was so emotional and expressive that I kind of got very caught up in that so it's a slight shift of pace right. but no really enjoyed it uh, but I can see why I think part one got all the attention because mm-hmm. it's just a bit more sort of passionate and engaging mm-hmm. but was really impressed with it it's only a short book it's probably about 200 pages so it's it doesn't take very long to go through at all but yeah it's really enjoyed it it was uh, very different to the normal sort of fiction that I read and um, yeah I'd, I'd rec- re- definitely recommend that one to people uh so the other one that i was going to mention very different book is called the people at number nine by felicity everett this one it's sort of like a very dark comedic story it's about a your average couple who live in suburbia in their little street where they know all the neighbors uh sarah and neil uh sarah is very much she wants to be um sort of involved in whatever's going on she wants to sort of have a more exciting life than what she has and then this dynamic couple called Gavin Lou move into the house next door they're very bohemian they do everything against the rules and Sarah's immediately 
fascinated by Lou living next door. So she immediately buddies up with her, and it's all about a very, uh, again, I keep saying obsessive all the you time. You like your obsessive relationship. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really do. Look, what's a different word for obsessive? What should we use? Intense. Intense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, intense relationship. That sounds good. Okay. I'm going to start using that word more. <laughs> or obsessive less. Uh, yes, yeah, so she becomes obsessed with this woman, and they sort of become a foursome, and is. is it's an entertaining one to read because none of the characters are likable. In, really? No, in, in any way. Um, the, the original couple, that it's mainly told from Sarah's perspective, she, she just isn't a very likable woman. She ditches all her other friends straight away who are described as sort of being quite dull and tedious people. Um, the new people that she views as dynamic, you can just tell that they're completely going to screw her over. They're not people to be trusted. And so you, you kind of enjoy quite how wrong it all goes because right. it can only go one way. You can tell that she's going to get more and more involved. These people are going to use and abuse her and her husband, which they do. And it's just watching it all spiral out of control. So you kind of enjoy the fact that... Is it like watching a car crash in slow motion? It is, but one that you can sort of sit back with popcorn and actually enjoy watching. (laughs) because yeah, one of those car crashes. Yeah, Yeah. you know, like a one where there's a donk boing, (laughs) you know, a comical car crash. A slapstick Yeah, a cartoonic car crash. Okay. Yeah, but you kind of um, are quite glad that these things are happening because she kind of deserves everything that comes her way. So it's, um, yeah, it's... It's a bit of a page turner. Sounds a bit yeah. bonkers. It, it, it is, yeah. It's um, Don't be put off by the, the cover. The cover makes it seem a little bit like maybe it's a thriller type book. Yes, it's The People at Number Nine. It's sort of written in bright pink with white. There's a, a door, which is the main cover, so it's obviously what is lurking behind the door. So you could be mistaken to think it's a, a dark thriller. Mm-hmm. But it's, no, it's just more of a, a dark, evil relationship sort of thing really and uh, yeah I I was glad that it inevitably all goes wrong for them and you were just sort of waiting to see (laughs) when and how that would happen so very very different to the other one (laughs) yeah just a bit too too very enjoyable what belongs to you I would um, sort of strongly recommend probably my favourite of the two but Mm. what both well worth a read excellent well cheers Andy thanks Liv Katie's back guess who's back no I'm not doing that again back again again. (laughs) hello Livy hey Katie how are you I am... How am I? It's interesting. <laughs> I've just done two hours of health and safety training, so I don't know how I feel, actually. You're very healthy and very safe. I, I don't know whether I am healthy and safe or whether I'm more unhealthy and more unsafe. <laughs> it's hard to know now. There are risks everywhere. Did you take a break from looking at the computer while you were doing it to reduce eye strain? I did, and I ensured that my wrists were fully stretched. <laughs> Good lumbar support while you were... Always. Always. I changed my position on occasion. I just wheeled myself around the office, just going, it's I can't true. believe Andy's making me do this. <laughs> can't believe it. So yeah, that's been my morning so cool. far. Um, but it's nice to see you. Good. Thanks. It's nice to see your beautiful <laughs> microphone again. <laughs> the microphone of dreams. The microphone of dreams. Microphone of dreams. Well, you did such a good job on our... Thanks. Month the epic September. Do you remember I, I when it was last September? Oh, we're, we're still in it. Well. Yeah. We're still in it. We're yeah. Still, yeah, it is still September, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're, still, we're still doing we're this, Libby. Have, st- have we still been having this conversation for like 15 days so far? Yeah, we've actually just not left. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's it's, it's cosy here. People Chill. understand us. Yeah, yeah, they bring us coffee and cake. What? <laughs> I've been sat there with just some water doing health and safety training and you've been having coffee and cake. Yeah. Forget it. Forget this. She's I am off. done. <laughs> <laughs> what a swizz. <laughs> what an absolute swizz. Well, You're, apart from health and safety, yes. What have you been reading? Have I told you my system of reading? No. Ooh. Okay, so I have a thing where because um, I do a lot of commuting. Okay. So I tend to have a non-fiction book on the go all the time and a fiction book on the go all of the time. Right. So uh, I'm always pretty much reading two, two at any one juncture. In tandem. In tandem. So where would you like to begin? Should we start fiction or non-fiction? Ooh. Ooh, you choose. Oh, oh, oh. You I choose, choose, Livy. Let's go. You control this. Let's go fiction first. Okay, so I am reading Toby Clements, uh, who has produced this, because I read a lot of historical fiction. So I read a review by Hilary Mantel years ago of this War of the Roses book called The Kingmaker, and I read it and I loved it. But then, since then, every year, I've had to wait patiently for the next instalment 
and it was only supposed to be a trilogy. Right. And we got to the end of book three, and it was like, oh, no, he's writing another. Because <laughs> it was like this big build-up of at least it'll be finished, and I'll know what will happen. And so I'm reading the fourth part and loving it, but it's taken a long time. This is pretty much five years in the making. Wow. Yeah, that I've had to stick with this, but they're great. If you like your historical fiction, action-packed and kind of with a bit more depth than your average then I would say go and read the Kingmaker series all of them are great and it really brings the Wars of the Roses alive and kind of explains the different parties and what's involved in the initial stages so it's good and the characters are really engaging so I say go and read those if you want to but um, yeah the fourth one's in hardback now but it is I get the feeling that it will be concluded and I will not be waiting another year for part five well, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you when you finish finished it and see. <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm having words. <laughs> I'm having words with everyone. <laughs> well, I hope for your sake then. Yes. It does conclude after this fourth book. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thanks for the support. That's all right. And non-fiction-wise, mm-hmm. have you ever read any Mary Roach? No, I haven't. Oh, you should read Mary Roach. So I'm reading uh, Grunt currently. So Grunt by Mary Roach which what she tends to do I'm not a scientist by any means you're not no I have you know I'll I'll read along for a bit I'll have told people I've read it's just those experiments you do in the staff room though yeah yeah I've made a battery out of a potato but that's the only way we can keep the fridge going (laughs) (laughs) I mean I have pretended that I've read a brief history of time oh that's a that's a pretend oh yeah I read like the first page and the last page and I hoped that by reading those two pages, I would have gleaned all the information I needed. So um, it's not for me, science, which is a shame, because I get the feeling if I could understand it, I'd be really into it. Um, But I read Mary Roach always because she takes kind of different areas of science and and other things, actually. Um, She puts them in a really experimental way. She always does things in a really practical, interesting way. So in Grunt, she's doing a lot about the history of warfare and the science of warfare. So there are points where she's trying caffeinated meat because that was an idea to keep troops going at night. That caffeinated you, meat? Yeah, you'd caffeinate meat. Uh, she's smelling a stink bomb from like the 1940s. And, and it's really kind of how science helps with warfare and pr- improves things for troops. But it's the experimentation that has to go into right. it. It's a great book, but all of hers are great. There's... She wrote one called Stiff, which is all about death, which you would think would be awful, but it's actually great and interesting and it's funny and it's dark, but it actually explains a lot uh, about what happens to your body and and how people react to different things about your body after you've died. It's an interesting read, but she's done one called Gulp, which was all about kind of like uh, basically... Uh, your internal organs and, and what happens to things in your stomach, which was also really great. Another one she did, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to tell you all about her back catalogue, uh, but Packing for Mars is all about what goes into being an astronaut. And and she trains to be an astronaut for a while, trains with them, but it's kind of like all the weird stuff you would never even have imagined that you'd have to uh, deal with. And it's funny and enlightening and that they're, they're all brilliantly researched, easy to read, but you know, sound is the pound. Well, all I'm of them. For it's brilliant. It's generally, it's genuinely great. Oh, and you love all that space travel stuff. I do. I, so. love, I love the space stuff. Yeah. So that's currently what's on the Swain uh, shelf of wonder at the moment. The Swain shelf of wonder. Yeah, I call it that. Okay. I call it that. I'm the only one who calls it. <laughs> so yeah. What have you got lined up next? Do you think? Are you someone who chooses your next book while you're current currently reading, or do you just win it? Uh, I uh, I always have a pile of stuff on the go because I have some uh, discipline issues with buying books as you may have noticed um, you're among friends yeah I know so I've got a few things on the go but I am holding space back this month because next week Munich by Robert Harris is coming out of course and I'm giddy as a schoolgirl about that because I love Robert Harris and I know I mentioned it in the podcast but he really writes an intricate thriller that's always impeccably researched but that you get engaged in the characters and they just sweep you along and like you know you're in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing and he's not written a wartime one since uh, Enigma I don't think so that's about 20 odd years so for this to come out is like a real kind of like 
he's writing about the war again. Hurrah! Not that they're not all great, because he's done a lot of different stuff, but it's kind of like, you know, really the best kind of Robert Harris novel. So, or I, I mean, it could be rubbish. I don't know. But I want you to know I've pre-ordered it. I'm very excited. I think it's out next week. Chances are it won't be rubbish. No, exactly. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. I wish it was here already. I wish I was reading that and not health and safety. Well, that's true of all of us. <laughs> health and safety is very important, and we take our. Oh yeah, Waterstones take it takes it really. You know, of course. Yeah, but yeah. I'd rather be reading a Robert Harris fact. Someone tell James Daunt that now. There's two. There's two catchphrases for you today. Science. It's not for me. And <laughs> I'd rather be reading a Robert Harris. True. Always true. Always true. Well, thank you very much, Katie, and I will catch up with you again some point for another I can hardly wait I'm counting down the hours you're going to stay in this room again yeah until you until you ask me until that microphone makes its way through the door I'll be here waiting like a weird kind of stalker but not like just a very passive stalker I was going to say very passive stalker yeah one of those who waits for your prey to come to you yeah (laughs) (laughs) so really rubbish to be honest (laughs) I'll see you sometime yeah yeah (laughs) bye (laughs) I'll be here It's a lovely stack of books, Dave. Thank you very much. I get complimented on it all the time. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about your lovely stack of books? Is this what you've been reading recently then? Yeah, so in the last month or so, I've been on a bit of a mission and uh, I just wanted more than one book for the podcast, really. You just wanted to be a podcast hog. I really did. (laughs) I I started off the month, really, with two books that... um, Well, you've done a very good job, Livy, because you had them on display and I only picked them up because of the cover and now I'm read them and I love them. Both of these short stories are by Aliyah Whiteley, um, I believe is a local author. Yes, and she came and did a, a little event with us a little while back at the High Street store. We had an event uh, with some local authors. So we had Aliyah Whiteley and Nina Allen and um, um, we had a little local event and it was really nice talking to some local authors about the impact of sort of Devon in their writing and these were two that she uh, brought along and You've got one of them signed, haven't you, there? I do. Well, actually, these aren't my copies. I've got both signed at home. I'm oh. really, I'm really, really lucky boy. Um, I've read them both. I started off with The Beauty, and then I went on to The Arrival of the Missives. Now, if I were you or I was a customer that was wanting to buy one of these uh, or read one of these, I would probably start the other way around. I would start with The Arrival of the Missives and then go on to The Beauty. Right. Um, and I'll start that way. So The Arrival of the Missives is a they're both short stories they're both about a hundred or so pages long um and the the beauty especially has a beautiful illustrated Mm. front cover uh so the arrival of the missives is a story of a girl uh just after the i want to say the first world war i believe it's the first world war and um she's in a very small village and she is uh 14 sorry 16 Uh, And she uh, is part of a school that's a sort of country school. There are 12 or so students, all from the ages of about six, all the way up to her, which is the eldest in the school. And she is completely besotted with her schoolmaster. Um, And her schoolmaster has a scar that sort of runs down his neck. Um, And he walks with a limp. And he's back from the war. He's quite young himself, and he's in his mid-twenties. And he's back from the war, and people think he's a he's a bit of a freak. People sort of still steer well clear of him um, because he has a limp and because he's back from war early and there's a stigma to that. And then um, the story develops into her being a bit besotted, her following him home and watching him through the, his kitchen window after a long day at work and he undoes his top button of his shirt and then he decides to take off his shirt sort of you know just to because he's relaxing at home and she sees a scar and in the scar she sees something very very otherworldly and unusual and this is when it starts going into science fiction almost and then um, he sees her and she all of a sudden is confronted with him and this huge secret and she has to make a decision whether or not she's still besotted. And um, and he talks about time travel and about seeing into the future. Ooh. And it becomes very, very... It flips from being this kind of um, lark rise to Candleford to, 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 to then all of a sudden become this science fiction lark rise to Candleford. It's brilliant. I loved it. So that's that one. I'm not going to give away any too much more on that. 
And the beauty is a similar vein. The beauty follows a boy of 19 who's a storyteller for this community, this hippie commune that's living in a ravine in America. And um, they decided to get away from society um, and they wanted to live this self-sustained community in this sort of, as I said, a ravine. We enter the story where it's not long after all the women in the world have contact, contracted this disease and died. Right. Uh, all the women have passed away and all the men have had to bury these women and are mourning. You know, it's this, this not national, but global mourning for women, women folk that are no longer. Um, and you don't find this out straight away, but the boy is very good at storytelling and the men just want to hear the story of their community forming again and again. It's like a comfort blanket of the story of the women. And the language and the beauty is unbelievably beautiful. Um, Because it's a storyteller telling the story, I think Aliyah Whiteley, the author, has gone full out with the language, and it's so beautifully written. Um, Now, this one is... This one's a more difficult concept to grasp, or it's a a lot more... It's freaky, put it that way. Whereas... One day, they start noticing mushrooms growing from the graves of the women that are buried. And the mushrooms, um, (laughs) the mushrooms, I don't know how to explain this, other than the mushrooms become people. Okay. Uh, And and the mushrooms become women. And and they call them the beauty. Okay. The The cover makes a lot more sense now. Yes, because the cover is uh, a lady lying down with mushrooms growing from her mouth. Um, which is, again, quite freaky. But the, 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 the beauty then, there are many beauty that turn up and the beauty pair themselves off with each man. And the young men, not really knowing women as well, only by mothers, not really by girlfriends or wives, they attract to the beauty straight away. You know, they, they are surrogate girlfriends and wives when human women aren't there. And they, they ne- it never explains this, but it it's essentially pheromones or something is being let off. They just, they have to be with these women. Right. They can only think of these women. And the older men of the group think it's wrong, deeply wrong. And there are fractures that go throughout the group. It's an amazing story and it's got an amazing ending. And I'm, no that's all I'm going to say. But the ending, it just develops so well. You, you really like this, front, this main character. I, I'm totally taken with these. I've been doing this for years and I've... N- and I've done a lot of short story events and read a lot of short stories in my 10 years of doing this. This is possibly, I so don't say this lightly, this is possibly one of some of my favourite short story writing I've ever read. Wow. Amazing. I praise indeed. I praise indeed. Uh, the Arrival of the Missives and The Beauty by Aliyah Whiteley. I fell in love with those I fell two. fell in love with those two. And what else have you been reading? I've also been reading uh, Robin Hobb. Now, Robin Hobb has been recommended to me for 10 years and I, and I should have read this much sooner than I actually have. Okay. Uh, my lovely girlfriend, um, who's also a bookseller, um, she bought me this because she is a number one super fan. She is a Robin Hood fan girl, isn't she? Yeah. She is. And um, she bought me book one of the Farseer trilogy, which is Assassin's Apprentice. And, um, She's got a few different series, aren't there? I'm told that she has like a number of trilogies. Yeah, a number of trilogies. But um, she told me to read this one. So I decided to... not begrudgingly that's wrong I decided to uh, you know with a a heavy pinch of uh, cynicism was okay all right I'll read it I'm do as I'm told yes girlfriend (laughs) thank you Annie immediately regretted not reading it sooner I love this story Um, it's told in the first person it's of uh, Fitz um, for want for lack of a better name Uh, and you'll discover why if you read it uh, Fitz uh, tells the story of him as six years old and he's going back to re- recount this story. Uh, six years old, it starts off with his grandfather, who he assumes is his grandfather, um, taking him by the scruff of the neck and dumping him at the city guards and saying, we'll have no more of him. He's costing me too much in food and coin. Give him back to his royal family. Give him back to his father, who is meant to be the king in waiting, a guy called Chivalry. That's really where it kicks off, with his mother crying, who's quite young herself, crying, saying, no, 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 don't give my son, don't give my son. The grandfather's saying, no, we can't have it. And they're peasant people, and they can't. And then it's the story of him trying to make his way in life, trying to find his place in life. 
he is of royal lineage. He is the bastard son of um, the king-in-waiting chivalry. And everyone in the world is given a name, or at least the royal family, at least, from what I can gather, are given names that almost are re reflections on their personalities. Right. So King Chivalry does very chivalrous things later in the book, although he's only ever in the background. You never meet him, or at least I haven't yet. And then there are others. Um, uh, regal, one of the princes, he's, he's quite regal, but he's also quite quite he's quite uh, sly, and he, he reminds me of the Lannisters in, <laughs> in Game of Thrones, um, that quite sly evilness to him. But the book is so well written. I, I'm already halfway through this book, and I only had it about two or three days ago, or well, maybe a little less, and, and it's just so, so good. So I'm reading that. I strongly recommend everyone, Robin Hobb. Um, read it now if you haven't read it already. I'll read it. Sorry, <laughs> 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 you're tempting me now you're tempting me now it's so well written though Liv it's mm. so well written like why have I not read this book before mm. and the covers are pretty and I just love it anyway it's brilliant what else what else you right about? my last book sorry to bore you my last book is um, I'm a fanboy for Alan Lee the illustrator who's illustrated a lot of Tolkien's works um, and uh, we had him here podcasters will remember yeah you can still listen to that episode if you want yeah. of alan lee and he's a lovely lovely quiet man uh lives on dartmoor and when he was here um we had excess stock of other titles so we bought extra brought in extra stock and one of them was black ships before troy which is a, a children's retelling of or story of the iliad and i've read the iliad I tried to get through the Iliad. I've got through most of it. And and it was hard going because I'm not... I was never a classic student. So for me, it was quite hard going. And I've gone through and read Beowulf and such. Mm -hmm. This is brilliant because it so doesn't... This is an edition, sorry, illustrated by Alan Lee and written by Rosemary Sutcliffe. Absolutely, who yeah. Who wrote Eagle in the Ninth, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. This also was the winner of the Kate Greenaway medal as well. So oh. this book, uh, as the sticker tells me on the front... <laughs> Um, so the, the story of the Iliad, and I've gone through and I'm listened to oh, Livy's reactions. Yeah, how beautiful is this book? That's amazing. It's one of the most beautiful books. So it's a perfect book to talk about on a podcast, one that nobody can see. It's, it's a good book for radio, right? Yeah. But this is beautiful. So it is a children's retelling of a section of the Iliad with uh, you know Helen of Troy and Achilles and uh, Paris and all of that. Um, uh, Agamemnon and all of that and it's it's amazing I'm loving it I'm three quarters of the way through it and and the reason why I wanted to tell you about it on the podcast was because um, we've just had Budley Literary Festival which is a lot of fun and I was there for Saturday and um, Alan Lee was talking and uh, Alan Lee came and did a, was kindly came and did a signing for us in our tent for the Wartstones and when he came in I was told by the event organisers they're possibly the longest queue they've ever had mm -hmm. for, a, for an author or illustrator was for uh, Alan Lee. And afterwards, um, I got to chat to him and just, just me and him having a good old chat. Because you didn't get to chat to him because you had to go. When he was here for the event, you came along, but you had to go afterwards. I did, so didn't I did. to hang around then, but you got your chat with Alan Lee at Budley. Yeah, it was my birthday last time he came here and next to... <laughs> and I had friends down, so we were going out, and I was really gutted. So I got my little time with my illustrator. Alan Lee. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. So, um, yeah, Black Ships Before Troy, the story of the Iliad by Rosemary Sutcliffe and illustrated by... Uh, my favourite, Alan Lee, and I really, really recommend it, not only for children, but for anyone. It's a beautiful, large, hardback book. It's so nice. Well, cheers, Dave. And what are you planning on reading next once you finish these, or are you going to win it? Well, currently I'm reading Robin Hobb, mm -hmm. and then when I'm done with Robin Hobb, I'm going to return back to our very own Lucy Hansen's uh -huh. Starborn, because I really want to read that. Um, I started it, and then uh, when I started it, I got sidetracked onto another thing and I'm going to go back to it because um, I read the first few chapters and Lucy was telling me it's a slow burner. It's a slow burner. I'm told it's a slow burner. And I started reading the few first few chapters and I was like, this isn't a slow burner. This is really good. And, I, and whilst reading Robin Hobb, I keep thinking about Lucy's book. 
So, I, and it reminds me, uh, Robin Hobb reminds me of her, or she reminds me of Robin, I'm not sure, but yeah, so I'm going to go back and read Lucy's. Perfect. Well, cheers, Dave. Thank you. Okay, so Tracy, how are you? I'm fine. I'm back from holiday. How are you, Livy? I'm good, thank you. How was your holiday? Um, apart from a long delay coming back of 17 hours, it was fine. Oh, no. Well, we're glad to have you back. Thank you. Why don't you tell us what you have been reading, either while you're on holiday or just in general? Right. So, on holiday, I was reading a book that unfortunately isn't coming out till next year. It's called Circe, and it's by um, the author of Song of Achilles, Madeline Miller. And it's the uh, story of the woman who's commonly held to be a witch called Circe. But as I was in Greece, I thought that that's the sort of book I wanted to read. Um, talking of Greece, um, we just noticed that Stephen Fry's got a, a mythology book coming out mm. this autumn, and we think that could be a big one. I think he's been talking about it on the radio. I'm sorry, I'm just flicking through to find it and find out what date. Second of November, Mythos Stephen Fry. So that was one book I read. Um, another book I am currently reading and about to finish is the um, book by um, Min Jin Lee. She wrote Pachinko, which was a brilliant book about Korean immigrants. This one is also about Korean immigrants and their experience of living in America. Uh, equally brilliant in terms of she really gets down underneath what it's like to be an outsider or how you fit in and how people move between different social layers of society as well. She's a she's a good writer, and I would would recommend her. Because you loved Pachinko, didn't you? I loved Pachinko, and I think she's an author that is under the radar that not many people are coming across. So Min Jin Lee, look out for her. Um, one I recently finished um, was a children's book called Explorer by Catherine Rundell. Catherine Rundell's one of our favourite authors. She's got an amazing use of language, and in the Explorer, there are four children who are. Um, stranded it in the Amazon jungle after a plane crash um, and they have to make their own way back to civilization if you couldn't call it civilization mm -hmm. there are moral dilemmas on the way they're not always very brave they eat some disgusting things like minced bug pancakes um, <laughs> and find out all about piranhas and dolphins and various other creatures um, but she gives her characters a bit of depth they're not always brave and good. One of them's um, frightened of a lot of things. And there's a little boy who's very frightened of a lot of things too. So that, that one I would recommend. But I can't wait for Philip Pullman, Book mm. of Dust. They're all so excited. Yes, yes. So on Thursday we've got our Subtle Knife book group. Yes, indeed. Thursday 21st, September. Mm -hmm. Come and join us. So I'm looking forward to that. I might just have to dip in because I do reread it every year. So another thing I've been dipping into, I've only read about a chapter so far, is called Nevermore, The Trials of Morrigan Crow. Now this is tipped to be a huge fantasy title for this autumn. Uh, it comes out on the 19th of October, children's title, but I think it's one of those ones that adults will probably enjoy as well. The other big title coming out next week Cressida Cowell, The Wizards of Wants, haven't had a look at this yet, 19th of September. It says, set in a time of magic, wizards and warriors in the wild woods of ancient Britain, a brand new series from How to Train Your Dragon author. So we can't wait to open that. Yeah, this is going to be huge. So that, that, that's what I'm reading at the moment. How about you, Livy? I am currently halfway through The Subtle Knife. Mm-hmm. Um, started that last night. I've just finished... For that, finished reading History of Wolves from the Man Booker shortlist. What did you think of that? I thought it was really good. It wasn't quite... I don't really know what I was expecting with that one. I think that was the one that I've heard the least about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I went in sort of quite cold with that one. But no, it was really beautifully written. Um, but actually, that brings me nicely and smoothly on because the last time I spoke to you, we were talking about the Man Booker Longlist. Indeed. So let's have a catch up about the shortlist. Mm. Your thoughts, please, Tracy. I'm surprised. Yeah. I think it's caught a lot of people on the hop mm. and the two that I was tipping to be the winner, I have sadly, um, they've missed the shortlist. Yeah. Um, Had you put your bet on? No, I hadn't okay. this year. 
Okay. Um, I did put a bet on, I have put bets on in previous years mm -hmm. and lost. <laughs> but um, I will be really interested to read the, the Wolves one that yeah. you're reading. Yeah, it's a really, it gave me vibes of, I think because I just recently read My Absolute Darling by Gabriel mm -hmm. Talon, it's got that sort of vibe of rural America living out in the middle of nowhere, not much mm -hmm. of a connection with other people, so that when this young girl, in both, it's that the main character is a young girl, has a connection with another human, that becomes very sort of intense and all-encompassing, but they are quite different in terms of content, yeah. but there was just sort of similar vibes coming from it, but it was really, really beautifully written, and that's three from the shortlist I've read now, History of Wolves, Autumn, and Lincoln and the Bardo. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read Elmet next, and then Exit West. I'm not sure I'll be bothering with 4321. No, then. no, it is, it is um, rather long. Mm, yeah, I, don't, I just haven't got the time, and... It's not one that massively appeals to me. Whereas the no. others on the shortlist, they have all been ones I've looked at anyway. So, so are you uh, are you going to um, reassess what you think might win? Yeah, well, I'm going to have to because Solar Bones was nowhere near it, was it? Solar Bones. I, I mean, Lincoln and the Bardo is the favourite. Mm, yeah. We talk so far, and I'll, I think I'll be happy if that one wins because I love Lincoln and the Bardo. Mm -hmm. But I don't know so far if it deserves to win until i've read yes until the others. Read yeah the so others. i'm a bit i just i don't want four three two one to win i know that that maybe sounds really bad but i just think no i, I i've read four three two one and it's about parallel lives yeah and i think that kate i think i've probably said this before kate atkinson does in life life after life um it much better mm. than paul ouster does and he may be uh a wonderful American author, but I don't think it deserves to win. There we, there we are. I've put go. my neck on the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my neck's right there with you. So, yeah. so we don't want to win. What do you think will win then? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't yeah. read the others. Lincoln in the Bardo is sort of toppling at the top of the pile mm -hmm. of unread books. So I will have to reserve judgment because okay. Paul Oust is the only one I've read so far. Will you try and read all of the shortlist or...? I will, in between all the other ones I need to review. <laughs> if you don't read all the shortlist, are you going to put a bet on blind anyway? Not, not this year. Not this year. The, the story of me putting a bet on is that the year Richard Flanagan won, Right. I read all the shortlist and Richard Flanagan's Narrow Road to the Deep North was the one I wanted to win um, and I didn't put a bet on. And then it won. Oh. The following year I wanted A Little Life by Hanya Yangihara to win and I really believed in that book and I put the bet on and I lost it. But I don't care because I still think that is a fantastic book. Yeah, yeah. And I see that um, Richard Flanagan's got a new one out. Mm, this it's October. going to be a bit more of a thrillery type. Yeah, a bit gritty. Yeah. yeah so I look forward to that. Yeah, that sounds quite exciting. Mm. Anything else you want to tell us about? Um, Francis, Francis Hardinge, if that's how you say it. I'm never sure if it's Hardinge or Hardinge. No, she won the Costa of, um, how many years ago? Oh, two? I want to say two. Yeah. So it was Sebastian Barry this year. Yes. Was she the year before? I'm Ooh. not sure. It was the Lie Tree, anyway. Mm. She's got a new one out, Skinful of Shadows, which is, I've read a sample of. Oh. Um, it's got a character called Make Peace and a very sinister father. Um, Lots of gothic things like getting locked up in graveyards, and so that mm. promises to be good. So another one to look forward to. I'm just flicking through my notes to see what else. Oh, there's new David Williams and there's new Magnus Chase coming out. And for all Podkin lovers, yeah. we love Podkin. We love Podkin lovers. Well, Podkin, there is a new Podkin out. Sorry, I haven't read it yet. It's called Gift of the Dark Hollow. And I look forward to reading that because we all loved Podkin mm -hmm. one year and his rabbit adventures. And it was a great book. So I know lots of people have loved that. So mm. come in and have a look at Podkin's new adventure. So I think that's about it yeah. from from me until we do a pre-Christmas or... Yeah, I think another... we're going to try and do a, a kids special, kids books Christmas special. Yeah. I'll probably come up with a snappier title than that. But yeah, we'll, we'll try and do some of that. So I will catch you again next time, Tracy. Mm, yes. Thank you very much, Livy. Thank you.
Now, this next bit of the podcast is something a bit different. This is something that just happened organically. I was having a little chat with Meg and Katie in the staff room the other day about what we're reading, and Meg said that she had been going through a bit of a reading slump. So I surreptitiously whipped out my microphone while we had a little chat, and we just had a little bit of a chat about reading slumps, because I think it's something that happens to us all, whether it's time constraints, or sometimes it can be that you've got all the time in the world, but for whatever reason, you just can't concentrate, and you can't focus on a book. So we had a little chat about reading slumps, and we thought it would be interesting, and that you guys might like to hear it. So here's me, Meg, and Katie having a little chat about a book reading slump. Okay, here's the deal. Bonus! Here's this bonus feature that we're offering this week, uh, or indeed this month, where Meg, let's be honest, you're struggling with reading. She's no, not as a, not as a, no, 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 I tried uh, historical fiction. No, I tried dystopia fiction. No, I tried tried a teen book. <laughs> nope. Um, I could probably do manga or comics, but I don't want to. It feels like a cop out at this stage. Like I want to actually read a book. I want to read a book. Yeah, but if 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 manga or a comic book is the thing that gets you back into it, reading, I don't it's... think it's the doorway. I think it will just open up more comics and more manga because there's always. I think it's more a window rather than a door. Yeah. Are we talking more of a portal? <laughs> <laughs> So that is my dilemma. It's frustrating. Mm. It's very frustrating. But we've all been there. I was there a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, after, you know, just, you do go through lulls where nothing seems to appeal. And, you know, you know it's meant to be good, but it just doesn't matter. You just can't. And I don't want to ruin a good book by not being that engaged in it. Yeah, not being there It's kind of like giving it the attention it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's like a person. Yeah, it is. You've got to be kind to it. You can't ignore it. Well, you invest time, don't you? Yeah. So you want it to be worthwhile. I mean, my advice would be to read an old favourite. What's your, what's your favourite kind of... What do oh, you go God. to as a comfort read? Well, what's one book like that you've read when you were younger or something that you just read and you knew that That's I loved that? book for me. Yeah. Just what... The, just <laughs> this sounds so of, romantic. <laughs> well, yeah, um, like matchmaking with books. You know, like Ollivander's. The book chooses the reader. It does definitely depend on my mood. It 100% depends on my mood because... Sometimes I want to read like a classical book. Mm-hmm. I just will. Other times, like I, I always love um, Justin Crone in the Passage, but it's not a casual read. No, it's not. It's a big fat book, but I love it. It makes me so happy, and I've read it like twice already. But I feel like that's something I could go back to. But at the same time, there might be a moment when I want to go back to something like more classical. I do get a classical urge at sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with going back to like like Katie was saying, like Harry Potter is a as yeah. a comfort read. Something like that, where yeah, you know the story. But you can get engaged in the characters yeah. again mm. because the you know the plot drives you on, you know. Mm. Yeah. It's not fake, Meg. This is not fake. It's gonna happen. I know. I mean, if you don't read a book happen. in a week, you're fired. But apart from that, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jane, the managers, Damn. the managers, Helen, will, uh, she'll take your part. I am reading you. something, yeah. but it's it's non-fiction. So it's and it's facts. Like it's not non-fiction, like non-fiction writing. It's literally facts. Um, so I don't really know if it counts. Is it an encyclopedia? It. Is not, but it could be. You're reading it's Encyclopedia. Kind of not. It's, it's called. Um, Are you reading just Wikipedia entries that, like, you, that you've printed? <laughs> <laughs> Are you printing yeah, out the internet? Out. I made them into a book. <laughs> you printing out the internet again, Meg? We've told you about Meg, this. Meg, we talked about the Wikipedia pages with Meg. Our printers oh. can't handle it. We've had them specially bound for her. <laughs> I actually enjoy that. <laughs> About reading the York Notes of various classical oh. books, and then you can pretend that you read yeah. them. That, that's that's my tip for the top. Read a favorite book. Yeah, no, I like that version. I do like that. I think I'm gonna go back and look at my books. I think there's nothing wrong with like I I often use children's books as a yeah, as an icebreaker as well. I tried, I tried this an icebreaker as an icebreaker for when I'm stuck in a when she feels awkward with a, <laughs> in a social book. situation. <laughs> she brings in a child book and yeah. it just like breaks the tension. You'll I, never guess what Peppa Pig's doing next. <laughs> you'll never guess. <laughs> George, you'll not believe it. <laughs> they went swimming. <laughs> Pepper splash George. <laughs> <laughs> that Liv just makes conversation. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's had a posh party. What could happen? <laughs> what I meant was, if you're having if you're having a reading block, I often Read use. <laughs> That's there you go, Meg. Right? That's what we prescribe for your yeah. reading problems. Thanks, guys. Pig. <laughs> Look, Sam's backstage. That's all right. It's not too bad. We're funny. That's all right. That's, that's not all too right. Bad. Yeah. It's not too bad. I don't know. Wait, what if that's all I can read? And then I've used up that amount of reading that I had <laughs> on it. Too. Like you don't have not, a finite reading. reading. Come, no, but in my head, it apparently does. <laughs> so you're worried that you have really a finite tempted. pool of reading ability. Yeah, and I you am. Don't want to I, use no, up I am. On a kids book. Yeah, but this is why. But I also don't. I don't want to waste good books. But I actually, I've had an idea. I think I might go back to Game of Thrones. I think I can do that. I stopped Game of Thrones because I don't remember why I stopped it. Um, but it's on my bedside table, so I feel like I could definitely do that because I know the characters already mm-hmm. because I've watched a series. But I know it's really well written because I've already read the first one. Hey. But then I dropped myself in the middle of a series. I don't know. That's why maybe I just read this one. So what, what's that one that you picked up? The, um, the Dumb House, which is John Burnside. Nice. It just caught my eye. It just, it just caught my eye. It just I know it's one that um, Julia, uh, manager Julia of High Street, she it. loves it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, she's uh, talked it's to me about that one a lot. Not very nice, apparently, but I like that. So yeah, I was going to say okay. like, it wouldn't be one that I'd necessarily go. I need a comfort read. Try the Dumb House, but knowing your tastes, it probably is a bit of a comfort read. I think I need something that's so weird and messed up and with a strong narrative that it just grabs me. Mm. That's why I know that you want me to read. I do, I, I do know, very much I want know. you to read Gabriel Talents, my absolute my darling. Don't finite and not like it. But I think I, the thing with that, that book, I like though, that. I think I'm pretty set from what you've told me about it. I'm pretty sure that I like it. But the reason I think that one might be good is because, I mean, for me anyway, when I was reading it, the first quarter of the book, it's quite difficult to read because the character has got so much internalised misogyny sort of towards herself and towards other people that mm. the first quarter of the book you're reading, it's so uncomfortable anyway. Yeah. So I feel like your discomfort that you're experiencing with reading anyway, that would kind of maybe work with that. But then I guess yeah. uh, I guess maybe you maybe you wouldn't get that discomfort. I don't know. It is tricky. Because we I'm dead inside. We... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right though. Like that book that you hated, Diary of an Oxygen Thief. Oh. You can even read it. I really enjoyed it. It was I, horrible. It was it's the oh only book God, I've ever thrown. Awful, and I love that. I love that. He was the worst narrator. Nine I pages, and I threw that book at a wall. I read the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs> they are very <laughs> different people. I, know. <laughs> I like horrible things. <laughs> They're entertaining. You like me? I like and messed pain. up, horrible things. I like that. Like I, I like that kind of a narrator. I feel like something that I'm. Mm. Well, maybe try That'd the second be a good one. Read to be fair. Well, maybe try the second one. The second one? There's a second one. There's a second one? Um, I did not know there was a second one. It's got a chameleon on the front. Oh, no. That actually might get me out. I need something like that. I need something horrible to read. Yeah, what's it called? Like, good, but horrible. And I feel like this would be horrible. That one is meant to be quite, yeah, brutal and... An experiment on newborn babies raised in silence designed to test the innateness of language. As Luke grows up, his interest in language and the delicate balance of life and death leads to amateur dissections of small animals. Tiny hearts reveal, revealed still pumping as life trickles away. But as an adult, following the death of his mother, Luke's obsession deepens, resulting in haunting and bizarre experiments on Luke's own children. That is a messed up book. By yeah, the that'll sounds do it. Of it. That'll do it. A poetic I mean, novel. I love how excited you sound as you've read that book. It's going to be excited. horrible. Because I remember, did you ever read um, The Wasp Factory? No, I've got oh it. Someone God. bought it for me years ago, but I never read it. He is a child with problems. It is messed up. It is messed up. And... I just kept on reading it. <laughs> well, it's compulsive, isn't it? That kind of thing. Once you're kind of yeah. in that world, you just want to get okay. swallowed up by it. Yeah. Well, okay. So you tried John Burnside. Let me give it a go. Give it a go. I love the cover. I think it's really. It is a gorgeous It's really cover. like. It's vintage. Good it old is, vintage it covers. Is vintage. It's nice. But we will um, check back in with you in the next podcast and see. If I did, if I did it, <laughs> will she or won't she? Will she or won't she read? Da, da, da. I need to read, it's my job. (laughs) So there we have it. There's your September mid-month catch-up episode of Wexcast. As I say, something a little bit different at the end there. Let us know what you think. Is it something that you'd like to hear more of on the podcast? Something a bit more relaxed, just us booksellers chatting away as we do? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you as to what else you'd like to hear on the podcast. As I say, we've got a jam-packed schedule coming up over the next few months. 
as we ramp our way into Christmas. Ramp our way into Christmas? Yeah, let's go with that. So uh, stay tuned for more episodes with lots and lots of bookish love and exciting releases and whatnot. Do feel free to pop in and have a chat with us uh, if ever you're around in town, or you can ask us any questions over the phone, via email, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So thank you very much for listening. Why not tell us what you've been reading this month? We'd love to know. Have a little chat with us in the comments section. If you fancy giving us a review on iTunes, that'd be great. I don't think I've ever asked for that yet in the podcast history. So yeah, if you fancy rating and reviewing and subscribing to our podcast, that'd be great. So thanks very much for listening. Happy reading, and you'll catch us next time. <laughs>